open up the Bible to Luke 2. We're going to be out of here before 6 o'clock. Amen. I don't want to take too long tonight. I want to let you get home or get where you're going for travel. And hopefully you can see, okay, I kind of wanted it to be a little more intimate tonight. Some will be able to see better than others. But I want to look quickly at the story in Luke just for a minute as we celebrate Jesus' birthday. Amen. And uh, we've talked a lot about how because of the way um, our government is and people are and all these things, they've just continued to try to push Jesus out. And we realized that it would be like not celebrating Jesus at this time of the year would be like having somebody having a birthday party, inviting them to, their, to the place and then sitting them in a corner and not talking to them, not seeing them happy birthday, not even acknowledging them, but yet having the birthday in their name. And that is not what we want to do tonight. Amen. We want to make sure that all of us know why we're here. And that is because of Jesus. Amen. That's why we're celebrating Christmas. That's why we're having a service. That's why this church exists, so that Jesus can be glorified. Amen. So... Um, as you think about tonight, the story of Jesus and how he came from heaven to come live in a body, uh, I think a lot, and what I want to focus on tonight is the manger. I want, to think, I want you to think about the manger. When you really think about the Christmas story, it's really amazing to think about the manger. And I want to look in Luke chapter 2, uh, just, just for a second if you're there, and we're going to start... In verse 8 in just a second. But have you ever thought why a manger? Have you ever thought about that? Why a manger? Why a manger of all the places that the Son of God, that God himself could have been born in? Why a manger? Why the lowliest place possible? And that's the question I want to answer today on Christmas Eve. And I want you to think about tonight is why a manger? But look at Luke chapter 2 verse 8 says there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I, will bring, I bring you good tidings of great joy, not just joy, but great joy, which will be to all people. How many are thankful tonight that that good joy and good news is for everybody? Amen. Amen. Not just for one or two, but for everybody, for whosoever will tonight. And he bring good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Amen. A savior. Not just any old person was born that day, but the Savior of the world. And it says, verse 12, this is the key I want you to see tonight. And this will be the sign to you. And if you've got your Bibles there and you want to underline that, that's a powerful part of this scripture. And this will be the sign to you. Now, before we read on, if we were doing something big, like coming down to earth to save the world we probably would have not have done it like God. Right? How many would admit that? You probably would not have done it like God. 
we would have done it so different. And, and we just thought, well, I'm going to send a sign. Our sign probably would have been something just humongous, like the bigger than the Macy Parade, bigger than anything that New York Times Square does, bigger than, thing, bigger than anything they do with fireworks at Fourth of July. We'd have done it humongous. And, but God says, I'm going to show you a sign. And then he says these next few crazy words. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying where? In a manger. Isn't that crazy? Lying in a manger. And and so you think, why a manger? And you think about the manger, and you think about the greatness of God, and he says, I'm going to send a sign, but the sign is going to be a manger, a stable and really, manger is a probably a much nicer way to say a stable, right? And if we sometimes think of it, it with Jesus being there, it must have been like a really nice one. But we don't know that, and I've never seen really too clean of stables any place I've ever gone. You can have the nicest animals, cleanest animals, prettiest animals in the world. It's still going to stink. Amen? Because they're still animals. And it's a stable, and that's where they live. And so Jesus is born there. And so they're moving into the city and they're going to find a place to have Jesus born. And it's not an accident that they get to the place that they want to stay. And there's no room in the manger or sorry, in the inn. Okay, so follow with me for a few more verses. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, meaning quickly, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Why a manger? Because the shepherds needed a sign. That's why. They needed a sign. And if you think about it, if it had to be something different, had to be something out of the normal, had to be something that wasn't uh, something anybody could do. Anybody on earth, think about that, anybody else would have gone to that city, to that place, and they would have been looking for a Savior in the highest, nicest places. And they could have walked into, let's say, the Trump Plaza, for example. Uh, if they could have walked into a really nice hotel and they could have mistaken who Jesus was because they could have seen some kings who had some babies. And they might have even thought, that must be Jesus. Because he, and they would have looked and they would have found the person or the people with the nicest clothes that looked the best and had the most money and the most prestige and that people were treating the best because that's what the mind said, this must be God. But they said, no, we need to send a sign 
of who Jesus is, and we're going to make it in a place that nobody expects. We're going to make it in a place no one else would go. So when the, when the shepherds went to find Jesus, after the angels visited them, can you imagine being those shepherds? And just be out doing your work, and all of a sudden the skies open, angels come down, and they're beautiful, and they're, they're singing, and they're talking, they're saying, hey, something amazing and miraculous is going to happen. And that is what was happening. And it's, this isn't a story, this isn't a movie, this happened. 2015 years ago, amen? This happened, this actually happened at this time that we're celebrating, amen? Regardless of what time of the year it really happened, doesn't matter. It happened. And they came down to those shepherds, and those shepherds heard that voice, and they had to see something that was a sign for them to know, not just to believe, don't think always that a sign is for believing, but to know. That they would know that was Jesus. And so as they're following along and they see the star and they get to the manger, he says something very, it was like a key, key word, code word. He said, they're going to see a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. Okay. Now, obviously, wrapped in swaddling, a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes could have been anywhere and everywhere. But how many babies are born in a manger? Okay. On purpose. How many kings are born in a manger on purpose. God said, I'm going to do a sign. I'm going to do something different that no one else has ever done. And I'm going to, I'm going to come down and I'm going to be born in the lowest place. Okay, so anybody can accept me. So anybody can relate to me. And then not only that, watch this. Watch how God does two things at once. He's giving a sign to the angels so they can come and find him and see that he is that baby in that manger, exactly where the angels said. But something happened too because when those shepherds came to the manger and they acknowledged this is the son of God, this is the king. How many know that Mary and Joseph could have been having some real doubts still? Okay, They were told the story that they were going to give birth. They've already, can you imagine all the stuff they've already swallowed as it is? They've already swallowed the fact that they're, they're carrying God. I don't know how you've put that in your mind. They've already accepted the fact that Mary conceived him by God, by the Holy Spirit, not by man. And so they've they've believed all that and gone on all that and and walked all that out. Now they get to where he's going to be born and now they're in a stable. I don't know about you, but I would have been thinking, man, something ain't right here. We're failing in every place. We're we're not doing something right. And they could have really seriously doubted if everything they've been told was said was true. But again, God sends those angels to them where they're at. I mean, know that God can meet you right where you're at. Right when you need him. Amen. He'll answer your question right when you need it. And sometimes in the ugliest, craziest places, God shows up. And he shows himself real. Why a manger as a sign that God doesn't work like we work. God doesn't do things like we do it. Amen. So this Christmas season, tonight with your family, tomorrow with your family, the rest of the year, going into the next year, just remember how amazing God is and that he used a manger as a sign and a confirmation of who he is. Amen. For unto us. Robert read in, in prayer time Isaiah 9, which was the prophecy of this. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now tonight we're going to do something really special as a church. We're going to um, take communion. Amen.
And so I want you to begin, I want to have, ask the ushers to begin to uh, get that prepared. And uh, I want to read from 1 Corinthians quickly, as they do, about how we need to examine ourselves. How many know that this is what Jesus did was serious for us? Amen. And uh, if you are not saved here today, then um, you can be saved right now. You can accept Jesus into your heart right now. You can ask him to be Lord of your life. And uh, just for a moment, guys, right before you go, come back up here for just a second. I want to just ask you to bow your heads, everybody that's here, right before they go out with this. And uh, we're going to pray over this. But just bow your heads everywhere you're at tonight. Close your eyes. And as we're we're praying, I just want to ask you tonight, have you believed on our Lord and Savior tonight? This isn't a, a ritual. This isn't a religion. God doesn't want you to join a church. He wants to have a relationship with you tonight. He wants to know you. And he wants you to know, he wants you to know him personally tonight. And we need to do an examination. As, as we're taking communion tonight, there, the scriptures tell us that we have to examine ourselves and look at ourselves and see where our hearts are with God. But you can't really examine yourself correctly without Jesus. Because the bottom line in the truth is, is you're always going to fail. You're always going to fall short without Jesus. You could be the best or the worst person in this place, and you're not going to line up without Jesus. And so tonight, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place, I got an awesome gift for you. I got a gift called salvation. And I can give it because it's been given to me. I, don't have, I, didn't, I didn't earn it. I didn't buy it. But I received it. And the Bible tells me because I received it, I can give it to somebody else. You can give it to somebody else. The best gift you can give tonight and tomorrow is not something in a, in a package. It's something called salvation. And it's Jesus dying for you, for your sins, and giving you hope for eternal life. And washing away everything bad you've ever done in your life, even though you're not worthy of that forgiveness. It's that pardon that God gave us when he died. Because not only did he come down to live in a manger, he grew up. He died for us, he sacrificed for us, and then he rose from the dead. 